just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born Good old boys. I'm Mark. Bog Beef. Today we're joined with a very, very special guest, Dr. I, I'm, I'm going to mess this up, Hans Georg Moeller. He did very good. He did very well. Excellent. Thank you, sir. So you uh, just to give a hat tip to a friend, Distributius, I heard him mention you on his stream. And I, I, I went and checked it out. I was like, oh, this guy's got lectures on Hegel and stuff like that. And I saw this idea that's at the the heart of your of your book, you and your profile, identity after authenticity. That's uh, it's on Amazon. You can find it. Uh, they have there's the Kindle and there's the Audible version. But there's uh, I, <clears throat> I think like information about. So like at first glance, you might think, well, this is an idea that like, oh, this could be like a sociology idea or something. But but not really. Like you need to be uh, a philosopher to under to understand like. Everyone knows that the world has changed a lot with the rise of social media and stuff, the way that we relate to others. And it's, but it, we, but we don't know why, what, because, you know, we're trying to understand, like, we're trying to understand the, the, the conditions that are happening to us right now. So it's very difficult. But I think you have an idea that's really, really enlightening. I was struck when I heard it. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> very flattered by your description. So um, basically, uh, yeah, the idea is uh, simply put that uh, the way we identify ourselves has changed. And I mean, identity is obviously a very big thing right now, right? Politics, identity politics, everything is about identity. Uh, So it's a huge thing. And I think it's basically, uh, you mentioned philosophy. I mean, the whole philosophy of existentialism is about, you know, uh, how we build something like a sense of self, how we build selfhood, how we relate to ourselves, how we identify. Uh, and so the basic idea is uh, that uh, this has changed over time, that identity is not something that has always been the same. And simply put, uh, we, I speak we because the book is co-authored by Paul Ambrosio and myself. Uh, so um, we think that basically in traditional societies, uh, people build their identities on the basis of what we call sincerity. We took this term from uh, someone else, Lionel Trilling. And uh, so this basically means that you um, build your identity by identifying with the social roles that you're basically born into. Uh, so these are typically roles within the groups that you live, whatever, family roles, for instance, right? And so whatever you're a mother or a son or a daughter or a father or or, or all these kinds of things at the same time. And uh, you build a sense of self and and build an identity and identify in this way to yourself and others by identifying with these roles and that you sincerely commit to them. Uh, And that's why it's called sincerity. Uh, So that's that's the idea. And we still have that today, I think, like uh, in many group settings, whatever, in the military or in sports, in a football team, whatever, any team, right? You identify with the position you have in that team and, and you, that's, uh, and you need, and the idea is that you sincerely commit to that, right? You listen to what the coach says, you're kind of loyal to your teammates and stuff like this. So there's a whole set of virtues that comes with it as well. Um, and then, um, 
in modernity, this basically changed and was replaced by what is called authenticity. So now it's the, all these roles are considered somehow external to yourself. And um, the idea is that, um, that uh, you need to build your sense of self by finding your inner true self. And that's different for everyone, right? So the, it has a lot to do with, with uniqueness and originality and being special. So we call this um, the, um, uh, the pursuit of, uh, basically the pursuit of authenticity. Everyone tries to be special and different from everyone else. And that's really, not, if you don't achieve that, then you somehow lack identity. Then, uh, then you're not really, uh, uh, you know, you're not really a fully a person. Uh, I'm not like then, the other girls. Right. Uh, and then, but then that's the main idea of the book is then that even this is now kind of outdated. And that instead, uh, we use a different technology for building identity, which we call uh, profilicity. So it's a new word. And the word simply means that you build up a profile, that you actually create a profile. Uh, and uh, somehow that's also what we're doing right now. Like, the, you know, it has a lot to do with the new media. Uh, you know, we, we've never met. I mean, we never even saw one another, right? And uh, nevertheless, you know, you talked already about my identity and uh, who I am and so forth. And um, that's basically, and we never talked, right? You just found basically my profile on the on the web, and um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's uh, that's what we now need to do because, like, actually, the way we're communicating right now has been is so common, right? We are we are we're, we are dealing with other people no longer primarily in a sports team or in church or in family, or with like our unique and personal friends. We're dealing a lot, uh, just like we right now, with people uh, we don't know and uh, uh, in a sincere or authentic. Uh, setting right the setting is no longer there so we know one another through profiles and we build an identity through through building up these profiles and and that's an interesting change as i said it has a lot to do with new media but uh, it's a little bit more complicated than that you know one thing you said there as soon as i heard your theory of profilicity i thought about this this sounds a lot like dealing with scale like they're like it's not a matter of there's not like a hundred people that you deal with and you know mm. professionally and socially and more like you're, you're you're trying to communicate with you know millions of people a lot of right. people live in in dense urban areas i in in some ways you 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 would almost have to do it this way right you would have to have this little like, like summary of who you are to just deal with the, the mass of people Right. And you're dealing with a lot of people and you have to do like you don't know. I mean, uh, just think of two other contexts, whatever you applying for a job. Right. So you have to you have to you have to basically, you know, set up a CV, something like this. Right. In order to communicate with people you do not know. Uh, and um, and you have to make sense of yourself and that you have to give them the chance to make sense of yourself. And you do this in the form of a profile. And, and basically the same thing now, like just think about how people date nowadays, right, through whatever Tinder and, and all these kind of apps. And people now a lot, I mean, many people just meet on these dating websites. And again, the, the, the point is that you that you build up a profile that is capable of communicating with a lot of people that you don't know. And that's odd, right? But that's how what we do nowadays. I, I saw one of the most incredible 
uh, things online a couple of years ago. There was a, you know, they had those, like those web forums devoted for men to pick up women, stuff like that. Mm. You know, uh, and one of the guys was like saying, well, let me explain to you how to make the perfect dating profile. And he like went through this just like sociopathic checklist <laughs> and he had like a drone to take selfie pictures of them. Yeah, so yeah. that he would give the appearance of being walking around casually. But of course yeah. it was nothing casual, like every single facet of what he was right. doing right. was, was in like, yeah, you, you guys refer to this as like a maybe, Correct me if I'm wrong. Second order observation, right? Uh, that's that's related to it. Uh, we this is another term we took from actually a German um, uh, sociologist, and the name is Niklas Luhmann. It's directly related to what you said, but uh, I just explain it. Actually, the idea isn't isn't that. Uh, difficult uh it's uh, you don't observe something directly you observe how something is being observed so um that is for instance um um uh whatever uh like uh you know in the economy you have like a market so um that's how value in the economy is nowadays produced, right? You have to, if you buy a house, you have to know the market value of the house. You can't just simply look at the house to find out its value, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you need to, to build this capacity in second order observation. You need to understand how is something being observed in order to understand its value. You can't just simply go go through first order observation. We have this in the economy also with brands, right? So brands have basically just replaced products. Like two hundred years ago, you would just whatever buy shoes, right? They had no brand. Nowadays, it, all the shoes you buy have a brand, and the value of the shoes is uh, established through the brand, and. Um, so that's also second order observation, right? Because you buy, you observe the shoe through the brand, and we we have this even this kind of term. That's how also no now you need to self brand, and this was exactly what you were what you were the example that you were giving, right? The the person who was uh, you know instructing others how to build a profile. Uh, th that was uh, he was just giving them um, you know advice on self branding, and so that's exactly as you said to 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 enable others to observe you in a kind of second order observation, to observe you by understanding your profile, right? Uh -huh. Again, like if you just. Uh, uh, if you drink a, a Coke and you d don't know that it's a Coke, that you have no idea, you have no possibility of identifying it as a Coke. You must know the profile, and you, so that's second order observation. And, and in a similar way, this is now how we build our identity. Right? We build up these kind of brands, but I think the better term for it is, is profile. Yeah, this this has the utility. You know, you're talking about the 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 brand thing. So uh, I I spent some. You know, there was a you know a, a product or two that I would buy and sell for profit. And as as time went on and counterfeit started to get better, mm. it was clear that you, that what you really needed to to get top dollar was a, a certificate of authenticity, a piece of paper that was <laughs> that, that was you know on heavy cars. Yeah, that, that I think that's that. that's mislabeled. It should be a, a certificate of profilicity. Not a certificate of <laughs> yes. authenticity. You had that wonderful example of of the uh, invisible art, right? Where exactly. it was, it was 
they they were selling art and it was it was invisible art, right? So yes. it didn't exist, but it yes. was only the certificate. Exactly. Yeah. And that was also called the certificate of authenticity. And again, that's an obvious uh it's a so obvious misnamer, right? Because the, the artwork <laughs> yeah. only exists as a profile. It, the the actual artwork doesn't exist. So to 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 call it like uh, you only buy this invisible statue by buying this certificate, which is totally ridiculous, right? It's absurd. Yeah, the uh, one the, the one the one of these ideas. Uh, so you, you have pro felicity, which is uh, and then the one of the other ones that just immediately when I heard it, I was like, okay, this is one of these words that like I needed, but I didn't know I needed what and it and you know I, it was the general peer, mm. and I would I would say you know I, I, we hear uh, so if you get into philosophy and stuff, I guess in, in America you hear about uh, you know there's a there's a different one, but it's not the same. It's not the mm. same as general fear. Because, uh, but uh, what is that one that's like uh, Lacan says? Uh, the, the big other. Yeah, which I don't think that's the same because general mm. peer, uh, it, this refers to like, uh, uh, you know, if you post something on social media, you don't get a whole lot of likes. It's like, uh, uh, I mean, I, I feel like, well, well, you know, F you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, why don't you get it? But who am I talking to? Like, who, you right. know what I mean? Yes. Exactly. So that's you. You have to get this, and this is again like it has a lot to do with branding and so forth, right? You you need to understand what somehow is cool, uh, but what is cool is not cool. Like f f neither for everyone, right? It's always a certain peer group. And there's nothing that is just cool for anyone. You must you must understand which specific peer group. You're, you're talking to, right? Or you're presenting something or yourself to. Mm -hmm. These are the peers. But then again, the coolness is somehow, and this is kind of strange. It's not really decided by any specific individual. It's kind of a sense, a general sense of coolness that develops. And it's not like you vote, people vote on it and each individual, you know, makes an effort to describe what they find cool. And then somehow, you know, it's, it doesn't emerge this, this notion of what is cool doesn't emerge through individuals speaking their mind freely and getting together. It just immediately somehow emerges. It's a general sense of what is cool. And that's what the gen, that's the general peer. The general peer is, is this, is this, often very large, totally anonymous peer group, right? Whatever in music, how musical taste develops, how fashion <laughs> develops, and so forth. And it's strangely enough that it's not really the individual that matters. Everyone somehow orients themselves to this, to this general peer. Yeah. So that, and that's again the general peers again, uh, of course, directly has to do with profiles. Just like in, in 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 a brand, if you develop a brand, then you have to sort of pitch it to the general peer. And now with individuality, you know, you have to build up your own profile and you have to pitch it to the various general peers that you, you deal with in your life, right? Whatever, like the general peer on Tinder or the general peer when you apply for a job, let's say at Microsoft or so, right? So you have to somehow have the capacity to to envision this general peer and then you have to create your, your profile, your identity uh with that general peer in mind. I mean, we, we should have seen this coming. We, you talked about like brands from a product mm. perspective. Well, like if you go to the grocery store now and this is different, even from, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, like you, you go to the toothpaste aisle and there's like 
500 different kinds of toothpaste. Right. There's no way for you to understand which one's the best. You just go, yeah. you, you pick a brand. So, you know, if we're dealing with <laughs> selecting a mate or selecting a, a job or selecting your place in the social order, when you're part of a faceless mass of millions yes. of people, like th- this is, I, I, I get the feeling, and maybe this is going too far afield that like, the auth- like the the second stage authenticity was kind of a I, I want to call it like a, a gnostic feeling that like you nobody can in the world can understand right. you except for Very, you. yes but you you can't you can't run it you can't run a country of three hundred and thirty million people that way that's exactly. not, you, you have you have to get back to uh, like a sorting like a sorting mechanism something to put you in, like, to make sense of, of who you are of what you do right. and this is kind of the 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 way that they came around to it. Right, exactly. You couldn't, I, yeah, perfect. Put it perfectly, yes. One of, uh, I, I might have misread this, but one of the things I thought that was, uh, uh, there's this, uh, there's this concept people have right now that's, that we, people say something as based, and base basically yeah. means that, like, sort of the, the, the first, like, <laughs> your, your first, the, the common, like, uh, first reaction, maybe, like, you'd say traditionally is something that would be like, uh, 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 not good, but like if you look, but if you if you go further, uh, but 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 if you just like accept accept the 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 situation and you you think about it, then it, it's good. And I I don't know <laughs> if you said that, but one of the things that I thought that was that was funny was um this idea that so everyone knows now that so like uh if you uh, so if you got like a selfie. At, at like uh, uh you know you know at the top of like Machu Picchu like in 1986 yeah. like yeah. that was something that you got when you were like that was a, you know a wealthy person maybe backpacking in a lax right. manner right. oh I spent a summer traveling and now there's this sort of technology where like and there's a little bit of it that's kind of based that's like uh, ordinary people uh, that maybe they can't afford to backpack for it for a summer but they can. Uh, they can speed run to the top of Machu Picchu, and they can get that same picture that mm. the rich person can. Right. I don't know if that, if that if that's the way you had it put, but that's, that's it's, very it's interesting. Um, uh, I, I've you see, I've been like here in Macau, and I'm not a native uh, English speaker, and for, been basically stuck here. And this word "based," it uh, I've seen it, but only in writing, and I never. Uh, like on the web or so, right? As you said, it's kind of a new word, and I don't really fully understand its meaning. Can you explain that meaning to me a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that you could you could sum it up. Uh, from your videos, you definitely know what wokeness is, right? Yes. Based is just a state of being that's, that's pitted as the opposite of, of wokeness. I, I wouldn't uh, say that. So, yeah, like, well, no, no. so like the most yeah. typical base thing would be like... Um, Let's say a guy with uh, it's something that like the first reaction to it is something that's like, ooh, that's not a good look. So it'd be like, let's say a guy is losing a debate and he walks over and he just punches the other guy in the face. Mm. So like it'd be like, uh, I think that there'd be like a, maybe an initial reaction of like, mm. oh, what a, you know, oh, oh, that's pathetic. What a loser. The second would be like, oh, that's base. That's cool. I get it. Uh, mm. it, it yeah. There's like a, there's a little bit of like a, a, a like a tiny bit of a. Uh, there's a little bit of irony to it, it, yeah. it, it, it but it, it's that it's that thing where it's like it's it, it, it's a step away from the first reaction. I get it. Uh, I think I'm getting at least I'm getting closer. So is it a good? Is it like? Is it a good thing? To oh, it's based? good. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 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 
would someone like Trump be called based? Yes. Yeah. yeah, he was like one of the first popular figures that would get labeled with that, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example. Because remember, he would make these statements. He would say like, uh, well, he would he would say something, and me, he would say, well, that that's that's not a good look. That that's mm. that's gonna kill him. You shouldn't you shouldn't say that. That's a gaffe. And, right. uh, and it and it would just work for him. That right. that would that would be based. But this, this isn't precise. So sometimes people just use it to mean something that's like not progressive. Right. But uh, in, in the developing way, it would be it, it would be like some kind of like because uh, I even leftists use it now. Like whenever there's some kind of like crude, it's usually something like like uh, it's like a, a crude uh, uh, like a, a power grab or something that mm. that's like uh, if you were they will, they will say based and something like yeah. that. Uh, I think I get it. <clears throat> Thank you very much. It's interesting, and also that you, you confirmed that like Trump could be called like base. It seems to me, and we talk a little bit about this, Paul and I also in the book about something like um, authenticity in the service of profilicity, right? Because, for instance, also Trump was sometimes described as you know he he brings back authenticity into politics or so and this is why people like him and i think that may be the same thing in which the term based is is used right so oh you think this per this person is somehow you know just speaks their mind freely or does what's on their mind and you know it's just somehow in, in that way somehow authentic but then trump of course is a very good example for a person who's like not authentic at all, right? He just uh, right. is extremely narcissistic and it's all about, you know, building his profile and winning the election and making money or whatever, right? He's like extremely self-branding. I mean, he was like a TV personality and everything, right? So I think Trump is a good example. And the other, the example that you gave when you were speaking in the first time, right, that um, I think there was a great example with a person like trying to get a photo of themselves that uh, represents or expresses them being based. And that's clearly already profilicity, right? So all the examples <laughs> yeah. you gave uh, were saying, so you're based you, in order to show that you're based, so that others see you as based. So you, you're building a based profile, right? So that's... That's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, and so that's that can be like a very like for Trump too, right? It was like a very successful uh, profile element or profile marker, and it's again the same thing, the same absurdity as the certificate of authenticity, right? So, so being based is your certificate of authenticity. It means you you can put based or authentic on your profile. Well, Bob Beef briefly mention you know there's there's some a, a deal of irony to it and like and that's yeah. that's really important when we're talking about any kind of modern communication especially on the internet like uh, uh, irony is kind of like the uh i don't know how familiar you are with, with american history but like where we're from in the, the south like before the civil mm -hmm. war there was this kind of culture of everyone was extremely polite to each other right. and, you know, and it, it's genteel so, and it wasn't because like southern people were necessarily nicer but it was because at any point someone could challenge you to a duel and you, mm, right, if, right, if you, right. So, like, I already kind of feels to me like it's doing that in this in this age of well, like like personal brands. Like, oh, well, hey, you didn't like the thing I said. Don't worry, I didn't really mean it. It was just oh, a, you know, being ironic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you, when you say something's based, you could be saying like, oh, there's this guy. He, you know, he he committed a double murder because his wife cheated on him, and someone would say, oh, that's based. 
And you'd be like, well, that's a terrible thing. But, oh, don't worry. I was just being ironic. I don't really Right, know. right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 I fully understand. I mean, uh, um, it's kind of um, uh, dangerous, right? You have to um, – um, Nowadays, yeah. we live in a in a in a, in a political climate where uh, whatever you say uh, can easily be understood as super offensive, right? That's the whole thing of <laughs> yes. to do with like wokeness and so forth. So, so you have to be like always like very much watchful because you it, again the same thing because you can destroy your profile. Right, a profile yeah. is a very fragile thing, and and you just make one misstep, or someone finds something you posted uh, on your Facebook account like twenty years ago, and your life is destroyed. Would it be out of line to say that the authenticity mode uh, of maybe engagement or whatever was really like it kind of really picked up in the middle of the twentieth century, and right. it kind of peaked at the end, right? Like the like the nineties were the ultimate authenticity time like that was like any kind of commercial you watched or pop culture was all about how you can be authentic and part of that was transgressive it was like i'm going to say and do whatever i want and i don't care if it makes you mad because i'm being the authentic me well that's yeah, like the then, exact I, opposite when it, when it's when it already becomes like the mode on television or in pop culture then it's already over then <laughs> it's already no longer authentic. <laughs> yeah so yeah, me, I think what you said at the beginning is more correct, like in the mid of the century, right? And and actually, like the the philosopher to go back to philosopher who is like most uh, closely expressing this or most uh, clearly is, is Sartre, which is exactly this time, nineteen forties, nineteen fifties, right? That was like uh, when when everything was about be authentic. And if you're really authentic, you don't even watch media, right? It was like when I was young. I'm pretty old now. It was just cool, and there was no internet, but it was just cool not to watch TV, right? It was only the boring people, the non-authentic people who would watch TV, right? Uh, we wouldn't, uh, and and now it's impossible, right? Uh, all the communication, as as we having right now, we're always referring to media stuff. That wasn't That's the case in the 1970s when I grew up, right? We were That's doing great, all kinds of hippie yeah. stuff, right? I was kind of, a, it was like the late hippie period, right? And you would just have a disdain for for people who would watch TV. They were completely inauthentic. Sellouts. Yeah. Was it turn on, tune in, and drop out? Wasn't that the famous expected? Yeah, it, sure. It was, yeah, it was yeah, cool. stuff like this, yeah. It was cool. It was the coolest thing was to not care what anyone thought about you, which right. like, that's the, that was the peak of authenticity. But, <laughs> exactly. But you can't in a world of personal brands like that's you can't you can't behave that way. You have no. to be hyper aware at all times of. of yes. I, how, how do we how do we do, move from from one stage to the other so quickly? I think you already described that, right? It becomes, it's just like when, uh, and that has a lot to do with capitalism, whatever, like punk music, right? And it's, it's, it's super authentic, you know, fuck everything. And uh, after three years, it's a fashion. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's marketed uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, you have to buy all these accessories uh, and uh, it, uh, so it's, it's just, it's commodified and it's, it, it's medialized. And uh, given the, given a hyper-capitalist environment, given like a hyper-medialized environment, this happens like super quick. The same thing, yeah. like whatever with a, uh, 
music, other music, rap music or so, right, that comes basically from whatever, the black communities in America, and then soon it becomes like a mainstream fashion. And, and yeah, so I think that's how it, that's how it works. That's funny. A lot of those like original punk bands, like, and, and uh, you know, I I bought these albums, you know, it, it, even after, and uh, who knows if they were even sold in this album, you know, and, like, uh, you know, Stooges or Misfits, they would sound like they're recorded, like, you know, you know, in a bathroom or whatever, because right. that was part of the thing. It was supposed exactly. to be just, just the cool kids in a small place. And then it gets, everything gets, gets commodified. You know, this right. reminds me of one aspect of this, which is like, um, so, uh, maybe, so, uh, maybe, so, the, the first instance I know this, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, there, we would start to hear this thing where they would say, if you're building, if you're building a, a, a resume, a CV that don't worry about like, like, uh, what's on there is if you, if you would read it front to back, read it, uh, what matter, people are just going to search through the keywords. Mm. And, and what we, and like, that's kind of like the, the, cause, uh, so you have free speech, you're in Macau, we do not. We're in the occupied United States. <laughs> yeah, which, is, which is true, yeah. To an extent, yeah. yes. I agree with that, and, actually. And that's, I mean, that was one of the first things that struck me while I was, I was watching your channel. Because it's things that things that weren't, aren't really controversial, but you would just say, I'd be like, he just said that. Mm. Anyways. But, uh, so part of this is, so so the, the I think that the, the way we look at this is so that we basically say what we want, but we avoid keywords. Mm. So, uh, and, and, we you find that like that takes off so much of the heat because that's the way every that's that's the way everything is done now here did this guy say this word did that it, mm. that that's that's it's it, i guess this is just the scale the sorting mechanism you know mm. yeah that's kind of frightening and it's kind of an an uh, 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 uh it's kind of a worrisome development i think and i again like i think it has a lot to do with as you just basically said with you know and and um with the, with the profile building things, because one thing about profiles now with the internet technology and so forth, right? Uh, they they are public, right? It's so fucking public, <laughs> yes. right? So it's it's like a potentially like a million people have access to it, right? Or I don't know how many, right? But that's through the media, and that's also, of course, something that is very new. And again, it has to do with second order observation. It doesn't matter how how anyone observes. This thing in the you know how it is being observed in public, right? Everyone may know in the mode of first order observation what this person said uh, was whatever. It was just in a context where they were drunk or they were just a teenager or right. But you know in the mode of second order <laughs> observation, this looks so bad, right? This looks <laughs> And then you have to say, because it looks so bad, even you know it wasn't meant so bad, you have to go with a second-order observation. You cannot go with a first-order observation anymore. And that's all, <laughs> it all has to do with profilicity. Because with authenticity, you would just always stick to the first-order observation. What the, what, what, the, what the general peer says doesn't matter because the general peer is inauthentic. Right? How this looks in public doesn't matter because how stuff looks in public is inauthentic. But now that's what everyone's totally concerned with. Ooh. Yeah, it's, I, I never really considered it that way. But, yeah, I mean, and of course, con, like how can you – you can't – if you're relating to everybody – like this is something that come that the like the media used to complain about a lot, that you know, in the age of social media now, young people don't have any like close friends or whatever. You, you have a lot of these acquaintances that you spend right. you know, a very little time. Well, 
if, if, if that is really the way that people are living, then there's, you can't possibly have context. There's no time. Like to, 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 to have context or something, you'd have to talk to somebody for a few minutes and find out what, what their deal is. You can't do that if you, if your social group is a thousand people in a little, you know, a little ravioli sized box on your phone. Well, I think that it still exists, right? You still have like personal contacts with a few people, but even to the few people you actually have personal contact with, if you don't have a good profile, you look to them like a loser, right? So uh, you, <laughs> yeah. you, ha- you have to have the profile. It's it's kind of the second order observation. It's the same mechanism as with, with before. Uh, it's more important than and, and determines somehow the first order observation, right? Um, uh, whatever, your partner, if you like have have like a very weak, low profile, that's not good for your for those who you interact with in first order observation. That's the second same mechanism that we we're talking before, right? You know the person didn't really mean it in such a bad way, but it looks really bad. And and <laughs> uh, and the same thing is okay. This person might be a nice guy or whatever, but he looks really bad. The, the profile is so horrible, right? No one <laughs> likes him on the, the media or so, right? So. That's that's the interesting thing that the that the second order observation kind of uh, becomes uh, deter- determines the um, the first order observation and not the other way around. <laughs> uh, so one thing I want to emphasize. So I, I think well I will I, I see what you say. So one thing about this. So like this is this is just sort of like. Uh, for the most part, unless you like, uh, you know, uh, you're in like prison or something like this is just sort of the conditions of reality in terms mm-hmm. of like, you, right. I don't think you can like opt out of this. And, and the more that you do, uh, you like uh, if you if you if you go out, if you if you try to go out on social media or, or any kind of thing and you you don't use any kind of profilicity or whatever, people will a apply that to you anyways. B, you won't be able, like, you will be ignored. People just uh, won't relate to you, right? This is like, in other words, uh, I guess the question is, uh, this isn't really, like, really optional in some sense, correct? Right. It's not optional at all. No. And no sphere, right? I mean, like, in my job, it's, in any job, it's not optional. And uh, basic no, is not optional anywhere anymore. Is there so so you know these different these different these different these different stages? So you had the uh, uh, you had this we had this. There's sincerity, yeah. technology, authenticity, yes, technology. It, that's so important. He refers to this in his work as so, like these are social technologies, and I think people really miss that. Like uh, when sometimes when we talk about social media and and you know the. the pains of like what we would call profilicity if we knew if we had known that word before a month ago is that like uh you know you're not it's not you're not having real like relationships with people in the you know the classic mode but it's not like what came before that like the the sincerity that wasn't natural either that those were social like like they they were social technologies however one could make the argument they functioned for a long time and worked we're, pr- we're proven technologies compared to what we have now, right? Right, right. No, I mean, sincerity was had like whatever. Slavery also functioned on the basis of sincerity, right? That's you had specific <laughs> roles you were born into, and you were, uh, uh, you, uh, you were stuck uh, in, in these roles for your lifetime, right? So, and, and these roles, many of these roles were, were very bad roles. 
Yeah, and being stuck in the role, like that's all that's that's another great one because when we're you 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 were saying like let's say the nineteen forties is a start point of authenticity. Well, uh, if we're talking about like, say the sexual revolution, mm, Betty right. Friedan, one key concept of this was oh well, women don't want to be stuck in the role of homemaker anymore. Well, right, I mean exactly. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're you know we're we're now 80, we're eighty years on and and we're once again stuck in roles except. You know, they're, they're different roles, but we are in, in, indeed just as stuck as we were right. in, in our grandparents' time. Right. But the, these are, I, I would assume that in general, these things are always ways that were, so, you know, I guess part of that is that, uh, uh, you know, women were pushed into work or whatever, and they start doing this. Like, where I'm going with this is, the, so, okay, this, this thing, profilicity, it's crazy. But then you look at, like, uh, you know, we, like, probably half of the people that listen, listen to us, are uh, you know where Southern United States rednecks are are around the world, which is uh, that's very bizarre. That, you know, like a hundred years ago, people were still uh, the, the, there were pe- still people charging each other on horses with spears, like uh, maybe 125 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. And like uh, one, of the, one of the aspects that I know this, is, so um, I've I've always liked telling jokes and this sort of thing. And um, and uh, there's a certain format of joke that's basically like a, a racist joke, but it, you're not really like picking on anyone, so you just grab a race. And what I would used to do, I would I would put in the Flemish, so I would make a racist, so I would make a joke about <laughs> about a certain kind of behavior. I'd be like, uh, you know, lazy, stupid, or something, and I would assign this to the Flemish because right. I live in I live in Texas. I'm never going to meet a Flemish person in my life. Yeah. yeah. I no one knows what a Flemish person is. They just know right. it's some other type of person. Yeah, and you know I can't do that anymore because the general peer. Mm. You know, it, it, when I do this, people, yeah. there's some guy would be like, "Well, what are you? Are you a Walloon? What's wrong with you? I, yeah. I, I'm Flemish. <laughs> He's included in the general yeah. peer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, are, you, are you trying to solicit genuine Flemish <laughs> racism from <laughs> Professor Hans Gordon? <laughs> Yeah, you have to be careful. You have to really be careful what you say. But um, a difference with sincerity, and I've just been thinking about this recently, but um, more um, and the, and profilicity is like you know, in, in sincerity, traditionally, you you know, it was about the roles. You mentioned the whatever the role of women, uh, you know, being uh, cooking and taking care of the house and the family, and then it was very difficult to get out of that role. And actually, you had to build basically your identity by orienting yourself towards that role and now in profilicity it's no longer roles there's a huge difference between the profile and the role right uh, and that's something we, we still know we're still so we, we we have to kind of create these roles these roles the the, the profiles that they are like highly dynamic we always have to work on them they're not fixed right they're constantly changing <laughs> And you never know, even to go back to this one thing, how the general peer reacts to them, right? Uh, it might turn out like five years from now uh, that there will be a very different thing, reaction. To yes. It. And with the roles, they were basically stable for a lifetime. So on the one hand, you couldn't get out of it, but at least you know what you were dealing with. And with a profile, it's very, I mean, the what's cool now maybe like totally uncool tomorrow. What's based today, to use your word, maybe not based uh, the next day, right? You never know. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, yeah if, if you're an, if you're an Iron Age person in a, tra- in a you know the tribe or whatever, you have a role that's defined, fixed. You know that as long as you behave in the parameters that were right. given to you when you when you. But like it, 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 pro felicity is like being in like a, a a big shot in the Bolshevik Party in like the 1930s. Uh, you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. You could be <laughs> yeah. in the chopping block. Exactly. Just, yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. So uh, okay, so. Right. Let me see here. Uh, check my notes. Sorry. Okay. So how can we how can we cope with pro felicity? Do we need to cope with pro felicity? Is it is this going to this is this going to affect us in in, in bad ways? Uh, I think all the identity technologies have that uh, how to say tendency. Right. Uh, if you just identify with them too much. You take on the one hand, they are absolutely mandatory. You cannot not do that; otherwise, you don't have an identity, and that's the worst thing that can happen to you. Uh, but then, on the other hand, I think, um, uh, and this is from my background also in, in Chinese and Taoist philosophy, but I don't think we're going to go there. I think it's really important that you that um, on the one hand you um, you know develop and create a profile; otherwise, you can't exist. But then. Uh, be uh, relaxed about it. Uh, do it with some sort of distance to it. Uh, don't don't get too much caught up uh, in it. Right. The, there's an example uh, Zizek makes where he's talking about um, what's the, the the Vietnam movie? Platoon. No, no, the, the the one where it's mostly basic training. Oh, Full Metal Jacket. Right. right. So you know, in Full yeah, Metal Jacket. There's the different. Yeah, there's the different kinds of soldiers, and, uh, and, and so the different they show the different mindsets going into it, and they say that uh, you know, like the uh, there's the the guy that shoots himself, and they uh, the, they see the problem what happens. So you know, he has difficulty becoming this accepting this role, this marine identity, and then he just accepts it fully with no with no dis no distance, and then he it ends up destroying him. And he says, you know, the, they show that the ideal soldier they there is a guy. His nickname is Joker. And Joker means that you know he he does the he does his duty, but then in between he's making jokes. He he mm. he's trying to distance right. his 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 self from it as right. much as he can. Right. Yes, that's so you, exactly you think, what I meant. So you think that might be one way we can sort of cope with the, this sort of reality that we have is to, yes. is to sort of and make I, fun and of it. Not only about ourselves, also about the others we deal with. So have the same sort of ease towards. Uh, attitude towards the others also don't over identify the others with their profiles we we don't seem to be doing a great job of that and on your youtube channel you have exactly. this wonderful this wonderful image it's a it's it's a theme park and it was a one picture's taken in 2010 and everyone's like it, yeah. it looks like a commercial for a theme park everybody's leaning forward they're happy they're yeah. watching whatever out of frame and then you have one <laughs> seven years later in 2017 and everybody has either a cell phone or an ipad or whatever right. pointed at the thing and they're not they're not they don't look like they're you know, enjoying the moment or whatever <laughs> like they look like they're totally focused on i'm exactly. doing a job right now I, exactly I, yeah yeah, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker right now yeah. in, in this moment. Yeah, yeah. And I they see, like, if, if, I'm sorry, but I was just saying, if they're doing that in their free time, that doesn't seem like we're doing a great job of right. detachment. Exactly, exactly. Yes, that's yeah. exactly the point. And, and that's like, again, because we're doing our profile work, even when we go into a theme park, we are producing our, our going to the theme park as an element of our profile that we then put on social media. 
And that's obsession with your profile, right? It's exactly what, what you just said, right? We, we can't have a moment of not being uh, engaged in profile work. That's, uh, <laughs> that's uh, interesting, right? And that is similar to what happened in Sincerity, where people would not be able, like, in any moment of their life, escape their social role. Yeah, If you were the wife in the, whole, in the household, you were that, like, 24 hours a day. There's no escaping. <laughs> and now we're doing the same thing to ourselves with our profiles, just constantly filming ourselves and constantly working on our profiles, obsessed with our identity. I mean, the, the thing about this is like, so it's not like those people are just like, um, uh, you know, they're just the, the uh, so uh, the people who are like, uh, everyone's seen this. When you go to a concert, uh, you know, there's every, every hand is, is up and, and they're filming this mm. uh, for right. their camera. Right. They're going to post on social media. One of the things about like, uh, it's the, the part that's hard to like, but it's totally true. I'm going to try to do it here is that. Okay, well, it's not like those people are just like brainwashed. Like, if you don't do yeah. that, uh, it's like uh, if you don't post your stuff. There, there's a phrase they use. that's like uh, if 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 you don't post it to Instagram, it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> and if you don't post these things, it's like oh, you must be a loser. You're not right. present in this in right. the uh, you know the moment, this world right. moment that's always happening. Like you, there's there's a cost if you don't do this. Yes. That it's, uh, it, sorry, good. I just uh, thought the connection was broken. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, it, it, it's it's totally real. And you know, I I've seen people in the past week or so because uh, you'll see there's a sort of post that comes out now where people will say, um, uh, "I'm going I'm going away from social media," and it's usually it's usually attached. They'll say, "I'm going to leave social media for a week," and it's usually attached to some kind of authenticity stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, I, uh, uh, it, it's in some way they're saying, you know, discover my true self, blah, blah, right, blah, right, or whatever. Right, right, but that's right, part of right. it. You know, they're, they're getting away from this thing. And like, first off, like, like it just, it never works the way you would think. And, and immediately people say, oh, that's, that's BS. Right. I don't, uh, it, it, that, that's, that, that doesn't really seem to work the same way just accepting profilicity does. No, and as you said, it's I me. Mean, we get back to the same paradox earlier, right? You post on your social media. I'm going to get off for social media, and that's really cool, right? So yes, that's, uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's totally yeah, it's, paradoxical. It's, it's so you're uh, doing it in order to you're doing it in order to improve your profile, right? <laughs> you're going, like you're the, going authentic in order to 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 have a more based profile. <laughs> Attacked. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I love that. It's the Silicon Valley executive, like you know, in the lotus right. pose on the top of a, a you know a mountain in um in uh, in you know in China or something, and there's like right. you know a team makeup artist behind him, a, a right. cameraman, you know. It's, yes. <laughs> exactly. uh, that's that's awesome. I have a question about like so. You 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 had like you made a series of videos, or I guess actually you made a video. And uh, what's the what's the philosophy tube guy's name? Is it, is it was it was it philosophy tube? Right? You know, yeah, yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you made a be careful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to try to get it, but you made a video about this person, yeah. and then 
very uh, right after that, uh, the person declared that they their gender identity was now female, and right, like, now right. uh, they have discovered their true self. That before you know, before all of this, they were wearing the mask, they were trapped in this role, but now you get to experience the the authentic version. The authentic version well, of me, yeah, which she, she didn't use the authentic word. That, that was a funny thing, right? And this is how profilicity works. I mean, this channel, my, our, my, my channel, our channel, I do it with a student. Yeah, uh, he was just basically doing this for fun, and we never thought it would get uh, popular. And then the channel only got popular because of that philosophy tube's uh, <laughs> transition uh, becoming a female. Because that happened, as you just said, on the very day we had posted that video. And then uh, they uh, posted their coming out video, which got like millions of views. And then through the YouTube uh, um, algorithm, our video, which had just come out the very basically same moment, got all, all these views. <laughs> so and you, uh, that, and you had committed was... a hate crime by, by missing up the order <laughs> of your video release, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that Sorry. was. That was like, this is how the world works nowadays, right? So you just, um, uh, you know, it was kind of our profile got attached to their profile, which was high profile, and and that immediately boosted our profile a lot. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, she, uh, this presenter now, she, uh, she said... Um, I'm no longer performing, right? And that was the coming out video because then we did an analysis after that. We did an analysis of her coming out video. And again, it's the same paradox, right? So, uh, and I'm not blaming her for that. As I said, I, I think we cannot avoid that paradox, right? It's mandatory that we all do profile work and we're doing it right now ourselves. But so she was just... And this was like very well produced in, in a studio and it used all kinds of whatever makeup. It's the same mechanism that you, this is how we got there, of the whatever, the CEO going to a mountain in China with all the whole camera team, right? <laughs> and so she did uh, this performance about not performing anymore, right? She, so it was, yes. uh, that's what she was, she was performing very, uh, how to say, professionally uh, done. The, the, that she's no longer performing. It was conspicuous because I had seen some of the videos from that channel before, and the gimmick was that this person would dress up in these outlandish costumes, like not quite, sometimes drag, I guess, litter. Like it was just outlandish, like avant garde stuff. And then when, when we're becoming the true self, uh, in that, in that video, the person sitting, sitting seated in a very, traditionally feminine way, dressed up like a Republican housewife. Like, <laughs> yes, there's, yes. there's no way for this person to be, to be, the, the, they have to choose an identity of, of something that existed during the sincerity phase. Right. Right. They, they can't, there's no, it, it doesn't make sense without that. So like, with, you know, with these, this trends, Right, transgenders. Actually, that's issue. A, a new a new yeah. project. I've just been starting uh, with a with a, a psychology professor in Germany who is also a therapist for trans people, and he read the book. And uh, so we're kind of developing this idea. It's very early stages. Uh, what you're just talking about uh, that um, she right this presenter Abigail Thorne is her name uh, presented herself in this like super. Sincerity, as you said, you couldn't have put it better. Like mm -hmm. the Southern housewife, or how you or how you put it, right? Uh, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
so this is like super sincerity, right? But is of course she's not claiming that role at all. She is just creating a profile. So <laughs> that is for actually in the Southern uh, Times, whatever, 150 year ago, uh, that was still a role. But transsexuality, and this is an idea we haven't really, but we're just going there. I don't think it's a, it's a gender role in the sense of a traditional gender role anymore. It's a profile, right? It's a gender profile as opposed to a gender role. And I think that's a huge shift. That uh, That's very interesting, I think. Yes. Right? You know what I mean? That, that, yes, that because gender, people... gender is no longer a role. We're still using the term gender roles, but it is no longer a role because roles are attached to the sincerity mode. She's not identifying herself in the mode of a role. She's identifying herself in the, road, in, in the mode of a profile. And so transsexuality or any other gender is now a profile rather than a role. <laughs> right, because roles have obligations. You have you have, you have right? all these things that come with it, fixed. and that's no that's no fun. That's no fun that's at all. That's no fun. When, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, you're 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 a YouTuber now, whether you like yes. it or not. Right? <laughs> it, uh, I, I, when I was watching your video, one thing that really immediately came to mind when you were describing Propolicity was like, you know, one of the most popular kinds of new YouTube. I guess video formats is like you're going to watch a person watching a video, like right. you know, uh, dog beef reacts to this, right. this yeah. where it's literally you're watching a person in the frame watching another video behind yes. it. Like that's second order observation as well. Yeah, but like, uh, am but I just too 20th century brain to understand that? <laughs> it seems very weird to me. Yeah, but this is like we are all used to it, right? We are. It is. It's boring if you observe something in first order observation. You don't know what to make of it. You can't watch a video nowadays without watching at the same time how people comment on it. Otherwise, it's boring, oh. right? So this, I, I like to use this example with the in the plane, right? When I was on my first plane ride, I don't know, it's not that long ago, maybe like 30 years ago, I was just fascinated just to watch out of the window, right? To look out of the window. And that's obviously first order observation. I just look at the landscape. No, no one does that anymore. It's fucking boring. They all watch at the screen, right? In front of them. <laughs> they, they look at the screen. So you look at it's something, and that's also watching in the mode of second order observation. You observing what someone else has already observed with a camera, right? So, and uh, it's just like, and I think that's the same thing with the, with the video that you just described, right? You look how you're not. It's boring to just look at something. You look at something how it is observed by someone else, and and that makes it more complex, more uh, more interesting, more less boring. Yeah, and and we this is just uh, that's some it's it's a it's a it's I think a significant change that took place, and it is exactly the change from first to second order observation. If we wanted to assign blame, could we blame overstimulation? Yeah, but I'm I'm not I try to be neutral to all of these things, right? Um, <laughs> it, it is, uh, and it worries me in the same way it worries you. And I mentioned that before when we were talking a lot of worrisome aspects of it. But also, you have to admit it's more complex, 
and it's somehow also more critical, right? You don't think you don't take that easily things at face value anymore, and you're looking at different um, comments when you look at things. So, so the world also, in that sense, becomes somehow, yeah. As I said, I just can't find a much better word, more complex, or as a, even much more, even somewhat more critical. I, the one of the ways the uh, so. One of the, so one of the best comments that you had was was about the the comments, right? So that whenever, uh, no matter what you think about, like no matter what kind of person you are, uh, you maybe you don't watch the videos of of people watching videos. You're always, no matter what you're doing, you're always confronted with the comments. And right, so this is something we like right now. We probably associate like. Um, you know, these, uh, who decide, we, we generally think of like, oh, Silicon Valley, perhaps more progressive, mm. perhaps more establishment, sort of controls what can be said in comments. And, and that's the typical way. But one example of the power of this is that, um, so one of the, there was like a, a sort of, a, I don't know, maybe dissident right or hard right wing, like a, a movement technology they tried to, to, to deploy. So, uh, so you know, comments are everywhere online. But so in America, <laughs> suddenly, like uh, like all local newspapers drop comments. You never saw right. local newspapers have comments because right. I, I, our everyone's assumption is so what they they used to be all extreme right wing. Yeah, I mean it, it was always like super right wing, mm. and there was a there was a right wing response to this. There was you know uh, there was a certain kind of software made by Gab, and it was to like make a third party thing to. Put comments back in. Beca- and put a comment section in things that didn't have a comment section, mm. so you could see, you could mm. see people react to whatever. Mm. Yeah. And, and that was like specifically like you knew everyone knew exactly like this is an attempt to gain political power by putting the comments there. Like like you didn't mm. have everyone knew it. There was there was clearly a power in this. Well, again, I think it has to do with this switch to second order observation, and this again, it's the same switch like from shoes to Nike, right? That uh, the Nike is like the brand is like the comment on the shoe. And that becomes more how the shoe is being seen. And that becomes more, more valuable, more interesting than the actual shoe. Right. Uh, so you look at the brand, no longer at the shoe and you look at the shoe in terms of the brand. And if there is no brand, then there is no, then the shoe has no value. And it is somewhat similar in all these other things that, if there is no comment on it, if there is no second order observation on it, then the product itself has no value. I think that's all part of the same kind of mechanism that simply if you just put something there, mere facts, they don't don't resonate with the audience because the audience is at the same time interested and needs to know what's the value that the general peer gives to this. Otherwise, it means nothing to me. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something. And again, this is take this from this German sociologist. And uh, that, but I think it's now everywhere. And then and what you're saying is like, it's totally true. Like, and I don't like it at all. Like in the media, uh, I'm also used again, uh, being old that in the media, you would just read news, and they were basically neutral and not very judgmental. And that's just <laughs> yeah. disappeared. It has disappeared. It's no longer there. And it annoys me big time. It annoys me big time. But I see the whole phenomenon in the context of this general switch to second order observation, as I just said. Could you could you could we ask you to explain the concept of genuine pretending to us? Because it was it's 
Well, uh, that's actually Paul's term. Uh, and um, so these are all identity technologies that um, that we use, right? Sincerity, authenticity, and um, profilicity. And in this sense, they are all sort of pretending, right? They're kind of pretending. But through this pretending, paradoxically, we become who we are, right? In every in every mode. So, in, so when we build any form of identity, is genuinely pretended. That is the whole point. We just forget about it. We think it's just genuine, or we think it's just pretended. And this ease that I spoke about earlier, this kind of distancing from your not over seriously identifying yourself with your identity is basically just to get that, just to get that everyone all the time is genuinely pretending, that they're always applying a certain pretending technology in order to become genuine. So that's the <laughs> idea. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but it strikes me. One of these, uh, so some, some identities uh, are sort of, um, uh, well, I'll just put it like that. So it, one thing you see on social media is that now generally like um, everyone, uh, like, the general idea is that all men are autistic and all women are bipolar. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is uh, so. Uh, this is just used commonly, like uh, like uh, the, the, these these things are are thrown around like crazy. Uh, even mm. these even these things like like transgender and stuff. You know, there was a transgender bond woman in the seventies, but the way that it was related to was totally different. But it made me think of um, uh, so one of these words that, that, that one of these things that's changed or or, or or been big in the last couple of years. This idea of traditional, let's say trad. And mm. it's clear that like 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 applying the label is like even in like good relation, even when people like want to like uh, uh, like uh, uh, whatever they they don't mean bad. Like the only way they can relate to someone who like uh, let's say they it's usually the most minor thing, right? So this could be still, still somebody like lives in New York and is a computer coder, but they go to church like twice a month. Mm. The, the only way that like they they're always be like, well, well, this person's a tr like, oh, you're a trad. Which is like, yeah, it's a it's a profile it's a profile identity itself. It's not a real identity. It's all you can box this person into into this like okay. You have to kind of go back to like what's the the point of having identities in the first place? As the professor said, like we're we're always pretending, no matter how simple or complicated the role is. You're or, or profile. You're you're right. pretending. Like the the point of that is, if you're going to have a group of people like above the Dunbar number, if you want to have a, a, a society, whatever, you you have to be able to look at a person and say i can generally tell how he's going to react and act and he's, right. he's not going to stab me with the spear he's going to behave this way right. or hey I, I might want to have kids with that person because she's going to behave this way well once you once you abandon the sincerity stuff you, you're going to have to make a checklist and with like uh Gen Z sexuality, they kind of make a joke about it, how like they have all these different like, oh, well, I'm, I've got this long list of all my sexual identities, you know, and I'm all these things. <laughs> to say. You kind of have to, you have to make, it's like the, you know, on the back of the, of the food you buy, it has an ingredient list. Well, you mm. have to do that. You have to look at the, at the list now to understand who someone is because mm. those, the old mm. roles are gone. But right. it, I, even if both people like don't, and, and the thing, I especially see it with Trav because it, generally someone like that is, uh, doesn't like this kind of thing. Even still, if both people don't like uh, are sort of like uh, uh, annoyed with prophilicity, 
our brain, it's just, it's impossible to relate to others without this stuff. Like without right. it, like you have to start there. You can still get to know this person. You could, you, you could go on, you could, you could date them or whatever, but like, this is just how we, we think of people in, I guess uh, it's a social contract. It, That's what, yeah. I guess one some of the you know there's some people that sort of been around through the I always think of uh, who was who was the 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 guy who was the guy that ran United Kingdom during World War II Churchill, Churchill. right right so you know Churchill was like he was alive and so he was part of like you know he charged people on on a hill on with, with horses you know on a horse right, right, a yeah, yeah, yeah. and he died after Malcolm X like he saw a nuclear weapons so you could sort of like. Uh, it, you know, you you can get your bearings by like putting on. You know, there's people like uh, you can sort of someone like RuPaul or something. Like you could you could see like they were identified like oh that's this very unique artist person like maybe in the 80s 90s. Now there's their identity is based on like uh, oh well that's a that's they're LGBT. That's what who that's that's mm. that's the thing that you start out relating to the other with. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. Exactly. Yes. Well, one thing, this this is just a side thing, and uh, uh, normally these go on longer. But however, you are uh, very concise answers. I, I don't know. I don't think we need to go on much longer here. Uh, but one thing I've always been curious about, because okay, from over here in the United States, it seems like sort of um, uh, United the West basically does not like masculinity, does not have a role for it. <laughs> they want there's it's not it's not sort of a, a promoted in the same way maybe it is in china or say in the in the west during like industrial revolution or even mm. the 1950s is this is this just a byproduct of like where they where china is in in like uh development like they're like they're going through the part where they're building big factories and things like this and so that and so that's is that just a byproduct or is there's or why do you have any idea why that is or is that just uh, I'm sorry I know this this no it's uh, a good question uh, it has it, does, it has little to do with profilicity but that doesn't matter it's a good question I'm happy to respond um, look I mean chi China you know uh, I put that. Uh, Try to put that uh, simple. Uh, it was like uh, saw itself like as a great country, as long history, blah blah blah. You know all of that, and then it got uh, as they call it themselves. They got this like huge, big humiliation, right, by the Western powers, beginning like in the with the Opium War in the 1840s, and then basically never ending. And uh, mm -hmm. they like a huge country that is like becomes like totally backwards and uh, feels like we are, uh, you know, just like lagging behind in everything. And the West has like, you know, is like accumulated, accumulated us big time. And um, the basic idea of what they call socialism with Chinese characteristics is we're going to rise as a nation to the top. That's what it means. Right. And we are going to go get we're going to catch up with the rest of the world. And this is going to be a huge community effort. And everything, everything is is uh, is subjected to that. And what we do, our whole policy, we're going to. And that's what the masculine thing is. We're going to man up as a nation. 
right? That's the whole idea, and uh, that's uh, that's what that's what they uh, that's what maybe you identify. I think to uh, somehow rightly so as as somehow masculine. This idea, yeah, we just uh, we just don't want to be uh, <laughs> second or third row anymore. And uh, it was—it's amazingly successful, and I have—I uh, have no problem admitting that. I—I I, I think it's—it's it's a very, uh, you know, successful and ultimately also good project because, uh, unlike in uh, the U.S. or many other Western nations, uh, this means uh, we want to get everyone up there, and that's the current policies they have. We want to rise as a nation. Right, we just don't want to don't want to be like Mexico or like um, uh, India, where we have like a few rich people and the rest is just poor. And uh, you know, is uh, we we want to rise as a nation, and and that's that's a very strong um, uh, that's the background. And this is why, unlike the West perceives it, actually the Chinese government is is quite popular at home. Uh, right and yes. uh, the, uh, the, the, the the there's all kinds of criticism of the Chinese government. Right, Chinese people also in many ways think the government is very bad and makes a lot of mistakes. But there's generally this kind of solidarity idea. Uh, we somehow need this government, and they have a good track record on actually doing what they say they're doing. The nuance with Chinese uh, with, with Chinese communism that's, that's always so strange, and because uh, so we're like rural people in the United, in the United States South, right? And so we're like mm. the typical like uh, MAGA demographic, blah blah blah. Right. And like you know, it, communism has a certain uh, 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 it, it's like a, um, uh, a, a, a dirty word. Highly, yeah. it, it, the, the the it has a it has a class characteristic. It, it, it's a cool thing if you're if you're a uh, uh, sort of like a bureaucrat type person right, or right. you're or your um, upper middle class thing. But uh, the thing that, that sort of doesn't, and, you know, of course, the only thing that, that, that like you see over here, the only thing that West, the, one of the reasons I thought of this is because I saw that um, you, you, you went through a video by, uh, by a, a school of philosophy where he was talking about Taoism. And, mm. and uh, the, the, vid, the video he made was like based on like five quotes. And you said like three of these came from like Western, uh, right, uh, new new age stuff that was just really <laughs> right, made exactly. up. Yes, there we have this a lot, and so the version of Ma- the version of of Maoism that we have here, the only thing that came over was that he was a poet. So yeah. like, yeah. so that like you know guys that wear uh, uh, you know cool guys that that smoke unfiltered cigarettes and mm. hang out in coffee shops, they're your Maoists because they're poets, mm. right? But. Right. The the thing that's really strange that's like wait a minute what, it, okay so everyone so uh, in 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 the communism that that, that sort of I guess basic Leninism whatever the enemy is like the petty bourgeois and mm. it really really so so you're trying uh, you have maybe a technocratic elite and then you have a um, and then and then you have like the urban industrial workers right exactly but yes. but in in Maoism like like uh, maybe you can correct me that he. Combine like uh, he combined the the petty bourgeois, uh, or sorry, maybe not exactly. So like uh, the kulaks, or I don't know what you would call it, but like mm. uh, uh, people that own small farms. Maybe I guess you would, the modern version would be like an organic farmer with like a small mm. farm with uh, the rural class, which is like of like in America, this would be like <laughs> this would be like your MAGA people. It, 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 like, is this true? Um, I don't really think, I'm sorry, 
Um, it's you are right in saying there is a strong emphasis on uh, it with Mao, which totally made sense on rural people, on um, you know um, agriculture, because China was so much in agriculture and rural com- uh, culture. But China was always, um, and as I said, like it was very backward and poor, and it was like very traditional. So uh, it's always. Um, it was never about the individual and individual like organic farming or something like these. These were like far collective farming communities and he made them even more collective. Right. And that was partly of it was partly a disaster, but eventually it was fine. And the point was again, um, to, uh, um, to do this as a kind of a, a collective uh, effort. And Maoism was in, in some parts, it was successful because unlike, for instance, I mentioned India, right? Or the Philippines, right? Uh, which all um, basically, you know, through their colonial past, and then they had like, as in South America, they had the big corporations going in, right? Into agriculture. And it was all basically... Uh, with foreign capital and so forth. And that the, the good thing about Maoism in hindsight is that they didn't do this, right? There was no foreign capital that it was all be, it, it was all run collectively by the Chinese themselves. And I think that was very important that they had this kind of basic uh, national uh, uh, infrastructure there. Uh, in order, in order for then the, the the economic takeover in this in the in the eighties and so forth to take place, because it was done by themselves for themselves, and they were like in control. Unlike all these other failed states, like I mentioned, like Philippines or India, where where until today you have like abject poverty for hundreds of millions of people, right? And you don't have that in China, and they managed to get out of this in twenty or thirty years to lift like half a half a billion people out of poverty. It's unheard of, right? Uh, and um, in in world history, and the basis of this was, and that again going back to Mao, uh, that they had this kind of uh, their own kind of uh, national structure, and 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 could do it basically out of themselves without. Yeah, so I just repeated myself. Sorry about that. <laughs> can, can I? Can I? Uh, bog beef. Can I toss some water on this on this whole thesis? Like, uh, yeah. if we're talking, let me. We're, we're talking. Sorry, let me wrap up the China thing. And it's just just because and That's, this is yeah. just because you you have this very unique. You know, obviously, you speak English and you work in Macau, which is, I guess controlled mm. by China. So this this is not something we get to do very often. So don't, and this is just a, a parting comment. <laughs> if you one of the so I am like uh, I am like a, you could say like a, some kind of nationalist person. I love my mm. country and I, and I want it to do good. And so sure. there, if you've ever heard of this thing called Behringer City in China, this is no. just something that it gives me extreme <laughs> jealousy that the West, like, there's no way that we could do something like that. So, sorry, I'm just leaving leave that there. Yeah. If you don't know about it, I'm not going to waste time anyway. So, sorry, okay. Mayor, go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, well, now you made me curious. Can you just just like in a, yeah, in a few just sentences? Tell about yeah. City. Yeah. Okay. Well, so so uh, I don't know. I guess you know, your, your age and, and you grow up in Germany. At first, for whatever reason, when I googled you, it, it put you at University of Cork, and you had red hair. So it's like, oh, this guy's Irish. Yeah. But I'm not Irish. Uh, right. German, so, yeah. so you you grew up in Germany, yes. Right. And so the only reason why I might think so, uh, I don't know. Do you know much about like? Uh, Sort of like uh, cl- classic synthesizers, like um, uh, uh, you know, like electronic music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I have a good my, one of my best friends is, is does electronic music, but uh, I mean, Kraftwerk. You're referring to that stuff. Y- yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so like, and then you know, can do you know the group can C A N can? No, now you should look into that. That's like a German avant garde band of the 19 early 1970s, and uh, yeah, so but just an aside, should look that up if you if you have these interests, okay. Sorry. I will. I will. And uh, you know the you know the early ones because they. Uh, well, sorry. Uh, so okay. So you know, as part of this, like, uh, let's say, if you have a if you're a proper electronic artist, you will have yeah. these like uh, you will have these certain synthesizers. Now today they go for like uh, many thousands of dollars. In some cases, like a hundred thousand dollars plus. There's one that was uh, that was uh, and like the internal components. Like it's so it's not just like. These days, everything is just like uh, one computer chip and then a bunch of software. Mm. But right. that do- it doesn't really sound the same. And, and the, these these old units, like they will have like just an un like a huge amount of like of like analog parts that like you know if you make a hundred of them, only fifty are in spec. It's very very difficult to produce. So much mm. difficult to produce that like. The West, like these, used to be produced in like Japan and, and mm. America and, and places like this. And it's it's pretty clear that like the there, and there's this is very very difficult to produce stems like this. And basically, uh, the West hasn't been able to pr- to manufacture stuff like this since mm. like maybe the nineties or something. Right. And and so what's happened? So a lot of these to so these old sets, they become worth so much money, and they get repaired a thousand times and stuff. And Okay, so uh, the Chinese government they found a German they found a German uh, audio engineer uh, and and they they said we will give you a city, uh, just build audio mm. uh, build audio uh, uh, equipment and we will we will do whatever you want and now like so they like they they have reproduced it's almost like they're showing off they can they can do this kind of manufacturing that hasn't been done in the West in thirty years. In forty mm. years, it's it, like it's incredible. They've rebuilt these, and and they sell them. And so now, if if you live in America, you can go you can go to a music store, and you can get a Behringer, uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Roland Juno or whatever. It'll the, the name will be one letter different, but it'll be exactly as it was made uh, in Japan forty years ago. And like we just literally couldn't do this here now. Mm. Mm. And it makes me insanely jealous. And it, it's a, a, a I buy tons of their products, and it, they made them a city. There's a city called Behringer, but right. if you go to a music store, yeah. you will see Behringer products, and it's incredible what they've done with this. Yeah, yeah, that's a good story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's a typical story. Thank you. Didn't know it. No, no problem. Sorry, Merrick, you wanted to, you had something. Yeah. So we, we started when we were talking about uh, you were referencing the. Like new policy in like in China to like promote masculinity in the media. I'm like, oh, we don't professor have to comment on that. We don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> get you <laughs> you know, domestic politics. I, I didn't. Uh, no, that's okay. I, I've, I'm not afraid of that. Uh, as I said, as you said earlier, jokingly, ironically, we have to underline this, right? I kind of can <laughs> say a lot of things here that would be so easy in uh, to say in America. So yeah, I'm absolutely. Not afraid of that. Yeah. Well, but and. Bogby followed up by saying that, like now in the West, masculinity is not necessarily ideal, and and you could even go as far, and uh, I guess the chairman did go as far as it's like that. The, there's promotion of feminine behavior in men, and uh, we know you can we could go into like ideas like what we're talking about, like you know Chinese culture and Western culture. We're talking about different you know, capitalism, communism. But, like mm-hmm. I don't think you you'd even need it to do that because here's like here's the 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 simplest explanation. China is an empire on the rise. 
mm. and America, and which you could a synonym of America could be the West at this point, is an empire in decline. And mm. like, uh, if you look at uh, American historiography of the Persian Empire mm. in, in like uh, 1930, you have guys like Durant complaining about how the late Persian Empire was full of men wearing mascara mm. and eating mm. luxurious feasts and <laughs> stuff like that. It's 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 just totally changing. It has nothing. I think it has nothing to do with culture. It's totally a change mm. in where you're at in the civilizational cycle. And we're on the downslope. And when mm. you get to that point, then. Like actually, you could probably chart this just by looking at the way we <laughs> some second order observation of history. Look at the way that we look at history compared to like a uh, hundred years ago. Like the mm. people that uh, you know, Cyrus the Great was. You know, everybody was every American historian just loved Cyrus the Great and all these mm. like the early Roman figures. And now, like everybody has discovered in the last, I guess, thirty or forty years, that actually everyone in ancient history was uh, LGBT. Mm. Uh, all the bad things that happened in, in the world were because of toxic masculinity. You know, mm. it's just it's <laughs> totally about a matter of perspective of where you're of where you're at. It has something to do with the reality. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting. I I haven't thought uh, really thought about this, and and you mentioned this, right? Um, I only kind of also didn't wasn't fully aware of this, but I, someone else mentioned it to me, right? That the Chinese government is now promoting masculinity and 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 depicting people in a masculine way. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, so fem it, feminine it, music. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I, I heard something similar to this, but again, I want I want to put this. Uh, from the Chinese perspective, uh, right? They feel humiliated uh, historically in the past, uh, and they feel kind of also in this sense, their kind of masculinity has been somehow taken away. And that's also the stereotypical image of the Asian, right? The Asian man isn't regarded <laughs> as masculine as whatever the, the Western or the African man or other people, right? And so I think this is also... Uh, for me, I don't know. It's just an interpretation. Uh, this kind of man-up uh, ideology, uh, maybe it has something to do with this, right? We want to, we want to not um, encourage this image of the Asian man as as not masculine, right? Uh, maybe that has yeah. something to do with it. it. Just and this has to do with our. Uh, China, our uh, interest in as a nation to be seen as a strong and powerful nation rather than as a nation that is, um, how to say, that is, you know, uh, in a traditional feminine way, uh, how to say, suppressed or subjected by, by, by the others. Right. Yes. In the last week, we, we, we do have, uh, so like, there, uh, I guess maybe in the 70s, you know, we, uh, Bruce Lee had this image, this very masculine. Uh, 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 Asian, but in general, sort of uh, the the stereotype would be even even if he sort of has the the other qualities, which I think is part part of this, the promotion of masculinity yeah. is like uh, competence and duty and things like this. Right. It was like, oh well, it's just kind of like an egghead or uh, right, yes, a, a, yeah. a computer guy or you know what right. I mean? Exactly, <laughs> yes, exactly. That, yeah. that kind of thing. Okay, uh, this is this is awesome. I think anyone that li listens to this, so we're we're probably more on the right just because our uh, you know uh, uh, the, the uh, I forget what you call it. Uh, uh, what's that term in in, uh, in communism where the the uh, uh, historical contingency? However, like <laughs> almost all of our friends and everyone who listens to us is more like dissident left people. I think you you uh, which I've seen uh, uh, as much as you've mentioned, kind of politics. So I think anyone that, that listens to this, uh, you you would. 
you would like it. So your your YouTube channel is um, Carefree Wandering. Right. Thanks. The book is you and your profile, Identity After Authenticity, Dr. Hans Georg Muller. Uh, the, one of the things is like, so I normally just, uh, when we interview someone, I shill the book constantly. But I, one of the funniest things I saw is uh, you were responding to, to comments. One, the best thing that you're, the, I wish I had more wrong things to say because the dopest thing you do on your channel is correct people because you're really good at that. <laughs> but uh, one of the things people said is you were talking about the commodification of, of philosophy and they said, well, you know, that's what you're doing. You, you know, you're selling it to these kids or paying all this tuition. You're like, uh, actually, I'm not. Uh, I try to, uh, it's uh, college is free over here, so uh, yeah. Sorry about that. So uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, this is this has been very awesome. I don't want to take up any more of your time. That, uh, thank you. For, thank you uh, very much, Doctor Muller. Thank you very much. It was fun. Thanks a lot. A pleasure. All right.